goede malo. Roto El Paso de Vestuario. Ja, Inter Percaccion, sempre negativa. Sempre negativa. Nunca positiva. Hello, hello, welcome to Siempre Positivo after a Robert Lewandowski brace, including a twice-taken 97th-minute penalty, earned Barcelona three points at Celta Vigo on Saturday and kept La Liga's only unbeaten away record intact. How's that for a positive start? I'm Sam Marsden, joined by Rick Sharma and Tony Wanmarty. Let's see if they can keep the positivity flowing ahead of Wednesday's Champions League game against Napoli. Rick, how are you? Yeah, all right, thanks. I'm worried that you've used uh, the one piece of positivity before the pod's even begun in earnest. Yeah, well, there's a couple of bits in there that, I mean, slightly perhaps deceptive unbeaten away record. We'll come on to that. And perhaps Lewandowski refinding his, his shooting boots. Tony, ¿qué tal? Good afternoon. How are you? Um, I'm fine. I'm fine, thanks. Um, everything's fine. Yep. What about you? Yep, everything is everything's more or less more or less fine. Let's get let's delve straight into it then while we're while we're here. Then if everything's fine, let's enjoy the moment and enjoy Barca's win at Belaidos on Saturday. Robert Lewandowski opening the scoring just before half time. Celta level after the break, Iago Aspas's deflected shot, beating Marc Andre Ter Stegen, but Barca won it deep into stoppage time when Lamine Mal won a penalty. Robert Lewandowski's first effort was saved by Vicente Boita. But VAR ruled he had come off his line too early. Lewandowski got another another bite of the cherry and he didn't miss twice. Earning Barcelona three points and moving them within eight points of Real Madrid, who were held to a one-all draw at Rio Vallecano on Sunday. Girona yet to play. We're recording before their game at Athletic Club de Bilbao on Monday. Rick, despite the win, and this is where I steer into negative negative territory, handing it over over to you, there's been criticism of... Javi's post-match comments because he said it was a very good performance, a very satisfactory com- uh, performance. He says that's 10 points in 12 since he announced his decision to step down at the end of the season. And Barca were fully, fully deserving of their three points in, in Vigo. What was your assessment? Look, there have been some Barca performances this season, some performances that have been absolute garbage, like shocking garbage performances. And this was not one of them. This was a different type of garbage. It was it was it was it was quite different to some of the other bad performances. This one, Barca actually did have a lot of the ball. They didn't give up many chances to Celta Vigo. They created very little Celta. Threatened hardly hardly ever in the game, as you kind of expect from a team that's fighting relegation. Although as we've seen with Granada uh, last week and other teams that had done the bottom of the table in previous weeks, sometimes Barca still managed to let up big chances against those teams. But Barca were just so absolutely toothless in this game. It it, it, it upset me in a different way than some of the other performances that they offered. I was so bored watching this match. And I know, you know, we're not here to be entertained. Although some people would argue that actually sport is entertainment and maybe we should be entertained. I won't get into that. Uh, but I, I was just so bored watching it. And I was worried and was very worried that I wasn't going to retain any information from this game to talk about today on the pod. Because it just goes in my eyes and then out of my ears. There's nothing going on. Nothing to talk about in this game. Barca are absolutely so middle of the road, so inoffensive, that I was worried that we wouldn't even be able to record a pod today. Tony, there are things to, to talk about, aren't there? Lewandowski, perhaps? 
Late goals? You've written about late goals? Mm, yes, uh, well, I think uh, the analysis of the game is the same. Uh, Barca is not playing really, well, to nothing. So at the end, there are not big conclusions apart from analyzing the, the shape of concrete players. And uh, yeah, Lewandowski is uh, being back little by little. And yes, for me, the the, the, <coughs> the biggest point is, is this one that I... I I tried to to analyze, no? Barca got um I think it's 19 from 54 points, so 35% between minutes uh, 80 and 90. So for me it's incredible how many points you got by winning on the last 10 minutes of game and and you got I think 10 points in the extra time. It's a lot. 10 points in the extra time, it means 18% from the 54 points that you have. So almost one of each five points, one uh, out five, get, uh, got from, came from, from the extra time. So um, it means that even if Xavi can consider that the team is not lucky or something like this, you can consider yourself really lucky because without these 10 points that you got in the extra time, uh, against Las Palmas with the penalty of Gundogan, uh, with against Betis with the goal of Joao Felix, with the goal against Celta. So uh, without this, you will be, I thought, uh, sixth in La Liga, eh? sixth out of Champions League zone. So, uh, but also, if you want to be positive. You can say that this team has a lot of uh, character and is a no-surrender team, no? Rick, I was actually thinking about these late goals and how they should be analysed. Like you say, in the absence of too much analysis in, in terms of the game. And, you know, you kind of associate, you know, late goals, not with players that have given up often, you know, at the end of, at the end of sort of a managerial spell or when players have sort of lost faith in the manager. You perhaps see them sort of giving up down in tools a little bit and perhaps not fighting so hard until until the final minutes. Um, I think it's been interesting with Barca this season, and it's not just to do with late goals, it's how they play when they are behind. You know, obviously they lost the Villarreal game, but once they went 2-0 down and they took the, you know, took their sort of foot off the gas, if you will, um, and then, you know, Celta Vigo as well when they were 2-0 down and, and came back. And I kind of think, maybe I'm completely wrong, it's perhaps slightly damning of, of Javi, because that's a moment when perhaps sort of tactics go out the window and you know the order or the the tactics they've been trying to stick to and perhaps a little bit more sort of they start doing things on their own or playing with a little bit more freedom because they've got nothing to lose and because they're desperate to to come back into games so that stat about the late goals about the late points shows me that not necessarily the players are against Javi or or not sticking to his tactics but that perhaps you know they they work better when they when they do their own thing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree. The, the, the last sort of 10 minutes are played on vibes rather than played on Javi's detailed tactical instructions. Uh, and nobody likes to lose. None of these players want to go out there and lose games. Uh, and they, and they, I think they feel that pressure, not just from, from within, from not wanting to lose themselves, but also from fans as well. I know this was a away game, but the fans on the, on the red airs, on the, soci- on the social media, uh, they don't want to log onto their phone after the game. That's that's a very old man thing to say. No one logs onto their phone. They don't want to go on their phone and go on social media and have people abusing them. 
you know they want to get they, they they want to win games of course they do and they want to go on there and and have a nice time and carry on and and they want to get in the Champions League next season all those things are true and I think they do pick up the momentum in that final 10 minutes they occasionally come to life and then there are I mean I think so much of this win you have to give up to Salimin Yamal, yeah, again, speaking about him for the fifth, sixth week in a row as kind of the game's best player or most interesting player. He he was the player that that set up the, the goal, he won the penalty, he was bright, he was the only player that sort of had any, created any danger in the first half. And I, I just think that, that he's a player that's that's got his whole career ahead of him and he's a player that played from minute one to minute 90, unlike perhaps everyone else. Yeah, and like I think I used that. I I made sure to use that word in the introduction as well for the penalty. Won the penalty because he really did win the penalty, sort of sprinting where there was no penalty to be won, getting himself in front of the ball. And I mean, it is a penalty. I'm not saying it's not a penalty, but it's very much a penalty that that he he won. There was there was no danger really for 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 Celta. Also, a shout out for Javi just for one of the the memes of the the season when Lewandowski scores the penalty. I think it's gone viral. Most people will have seen it now, and he's kind of just looking at the. The camera. We obviously had the camera moment against Villarreal when he's screaming disgrace at the camera when they don't get a penalty at three or this time. It's kind of just, it's been compared to, to a couple of things. It's been confirmed, compared to, to sort of the office, Steve Carell in the office, just the way yeah. he's looking at the camera and breaking the fourth wall. And it's also been compared to that, that meme of that girl when there's a big fire, burning house <laughs> in the background and she's just there sort of looking at the, the camera. Um, so yeah, fair play to Javi for providing us with, with some good meme material. Yeah, I love that. I love that meme. When it was when it actually happened, I laughed out loud when I saw it. Like it was it was like an instant meme. It wasn't a case of oh someone saw it and then like put it online and people were like oh this is funny. It was just like instantly <laughs> it hilarious. Yeah. And it was I mean what I interpreted it as was because Lewandowski it was after Lewandowski missed the first penalty and then he took it again and then scored the second one. And Javi just looked at the camera like what the hell is going on here? Like <laughs> like he had no clue what was happening. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Let's talk about Lewandowski then. Then Tony, because I don't feel like his performances are massively different. Speaking after the, it wasn't after the Celta game. I think it was after who did Barca play before Celta? I've lost all all track of time now. Um, uh, Granada, no. Speaking after the Granada game, maybe it was after the Celta game, or maybe it was before the Celta game. But he said that uh, Levin, what's what's Lewandowski has improved is he's staying in that sort of nine area a little bit more. And he said it after bit, Celta, yeah, a little bit better. And he scored four goals in his last three games now. And I think what's Obviously, you know, one of them is a penalty, but three of the goals, the goal against Alaves, the goal he scored against Granada to make it 2-2 and the, the opening goal against Celta Vigo were all good finishes, which he's not been scoring this season. Um, and like I say, that's four in three. It's 17 for the season, 12 in the league and his brace on Saturday brought up 50 goals for Barca. I mean, obviously, we've spoken a lot about, you know, Barca having good performances and are they back or whatnot? But have we seen a change in Lewandowski, Tony? Do you think his positioning, he is staying a little bit more central, he is sort of sticking to his role a little bit more, and do you think that's the reason why he has, for now, refound his, his goal-scoring boots? No, no. I think that that just sometimes we try to be... So we are journalists and we always want to know how and why in the case. I think... I did think that, but it is because it's three games now. It's a fair... It's a, it's a, Solid, solid sort of run of solid games what? where he has solid taken... What? That he scored against Granada with a good shot. But the finishes against Alaves, Granada and yeah, Celta yeah, yeah, for okay, the first goal were all goals he's not scored for about six months. <laughs> bueno, sí, and then... No sé, I, ha, I, I didn't go to the cinema 
last six months and in the last 10 days I went to the cinema three times and I don't feel <laughs> I'm a, a lover of cinema because I prefer Netflix or Amazon Prime so <laughs> no it's, it's, it's I don't think it's something uh, that wow the new Lewandowski no I still think there are some feelings that are not really positive with him but just he was clinical with that the finisher against Talavez yes good quality and then it gives you self-confidence and with self-confidence he was lucky that uh, he was clinical enough against Granada with that shot and then you feel better and when you feel better you don't desperate yourself that much and you wait a little bit more patient and then against uh, Celta he was lucky that Guaita was out of the line so he took the penalty again but but if you ask me if I think it's a, it's a big change no but we have said it sometimes when we talk about Barca. Sometimes when you don't have good games, results can bring you to good games. So with Lewandowski, the same. Some goals can bring him to a good performance. But I don't think still he's the player that um, that Barca should expect. But for sure, his mood is now different. And for sure, he's now much better than what he was two months ago, but not better in terms of playing better. No, better in terms of more dangerous. Because with this mood that he has, and without entity, yes, I can expect him to score the first header that tomorrow or Wednesday he can have in San Paolo. Because maybe you are going to create only one, uh, one chance clear or two clear chances. But with this mood, yes, I, I trust him to score the only one that he will have. And this could be enough to qualify. Nil one and nil nil or something like that. I don't expect uh, nothing big from this double tie. I'll be surprised if Barca manages to get two clean sheets. But I, I agree completely with Tony on Lewandowski. I think with this form, it's you, you can't say he's suddenly in great form. But what you can say is that he now could go on to be in great form. This run has started with him not playing that well. He has scored a couple of goals, nice finishes. And if he goes on and scores another four goals in the next four games, then you say, oh, he's in amazing form. And I think that'd be fair if he, if he strings all that together. He's earned the chance to be in great form rather than is suddenly already in great form. I mean, strikers more than anything, they rely on these moments, these goals and stuff. And I do agree with Tony, the sensations of the performances, I don't think are massively different. But what is different is that Maybe that Alaves one was a one-off, but since then he has been been taking those chances that in the past he was, or not in the past, but certainly sort of in recent months this season he was missing. So like you say, let's see if he if that extends against Napoli, who knows what it could do for his his confidence and his form for the rest of the season. But we have to speak about his about his penalties. I tweeted about them afterwards because I've I've never ever liked them since he's been at been at Barcelona. I've had a few people that have followed his career send me messages and stuff on Twitter saying like, look, he's been like lethal from the spot someone sent me and I'm, I'm not complaining about these things I enjoyed the things that they sent me they're quite educational about how his penalty technique evolved at, at Dortmund and, and Bayern how at first he sort of just did the stereotypical sort of run up and smash and then once he had a couple saved he developed this thing where it wasn't the stutter that he has now but it was almost sort of just one sort of look up so he could see the goalkeeper and then it evolved into what he's got now but I just think since he's been at Barcelona every time he steps up to take a penalty and I looked and I've got them written down, but I can't find them now. I look at the numbers, and they're not actually as bad as I as I thought they were. But every time he steps up to take a penalty, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna miss the way he sort of trots up like a horse. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate I hate seeing it. 
And in fact, Guaita, the second penalty, is funny. He, his dive, he almost anticipated Lewandowski to take a much worse penalty than he did. If, if Guaita had dived properly to the bottom corner, he could have saved that too. But he, he, he dived short, like Lewandowski's first penalty was short, and he, so he couldn't reach it. Yeah, so he scored five penalties for, for Barca, and he's only missed one. Against Almeria last year, I think. Um, yeah, against Vacant, yeah, that was the only one. So he scored five out of six. So even though the, the numbers are in his favour, I still I just don't have massive confidence when he steps up. But he's, yeah, I mean, his penalty record throughout his career has been fantastic and he scored eventually on, on Saturday. I, so I think so uh, play to him. that's not fair to say... Oh, well, no, I'm not saying that you are criticising him, eh? but... Um... It's not really. I, I feel that players with uh, good shots from 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 penalties are a little bit underrated. I used to see this in the comparison between Cristiano and Messi. A lot of people saying, "Hey, but Cristiano penalties? No, no." But you you have to score the penalty, eh? and under pressure, you have to score the, the penalty because I remember that some penalties that Messi failed on on key moments. And and I remember that always when Cristiano had to score a penalty, he was doing it. Eh? So this is also important. And and Robert for me has scored some penalty penalties in the extra time. Yesterday he didn't got the other day he didn't got nervous on the second one. So this is also this also has a value to to score penalties on the right moment eh? because it's not that easy as people think. And I always thought that Cristiano Ronaldo was a little bit underrated for this. Yeah, it's true. Although what I would also add is that. 85% of penalties on average are scored and Lewandowski's record 5 out of 6 is roughly about that so for Barca he's had an average penalty taking record yeah the other one he missed was the one at the World Cup against Mexico which I had associated with being at Barca because it was the World Cup when he played for Barca but it's for for Poland just before we get the ratings then I also touched on uh, Barca's away record uh, is this a positive or a negative going into the end of the season Rick, because Barca are unbeaten away, but it's a slightly deceptive stat because they don't have the best away record in terms of points. They have 26 points from their from their 12 games. They've obviously drawn at places like Mallorca, Granada, and you know places you wouldn't expect them to draw. Hatafe early on in the season. Girona and Real Madrid both have more points on the road, but both have lost one game on the road. Barca is also perhaps slightly deceptive because they still have to play away at Real Madrid, Girona. Athletic Club, Atletico Madrid, or does this just mean that perhaps Barca are going to go there and, and get good results because they're just they're just slightly relieved of pressure? Whether it's a Montjuic thing, which has sort of been spoken about in recent weeks since Marcelino, the Villarreal coach, said he or that teams enjoy going there. What's your read on this? Just just a coincidence? I was going to say it's neither positive nor negative, and borrow a phrase from Ernesto Valverde: "Es lo que hay. It is what it is." To, to, to decide. But after you just told me that list of games, they still have to play away from home. I'm going to go and say it's slightly negative because those are tough games to, to play away from home. So if their record is, what, the third best in the league away from home currently, then, and they've still got to play all those games, I don't expect they'll, they'll maintain that, that record. Yeah, they're, they're, do you know who has the best home record in the league, Tony? Atletico Madrid. 37 yeah. points at home. Real Madrid, 32 points at home. Haven't they won like 17 games in a row or something at home? Probably. Well, I don't Unless they drew their first game and that includes Copper and Champions League. They've won 12 and drawn one at home in La Liga this season. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it was across all comps. So. 
Could be Sounds if they'd have drawn right, early yeah. on in the season. It could have been, could be up around 17 by now with, with other competitions. And Barcelona, of course, still have to go there in March. They go to the Bernabeu in, in April and to Girona in, in May. But a long way to go. And we won't talk about I-League yet because I still think Madrid are not going to drop enough points. But if they keep dropping, you know, the odd draw here and there and Barca keep winning, who who knows? All right, then, Rick, let's get and your... And if my grandma had wheels, you know. <laughs> <laughs> let's, get your, let's get Rick's ratings from Balaidos. Okay, Mark Andre test against six. Not his fault. The goal it took a deflection off Jules Kounde five in the photo, as they say, for the goal. Uh, Ronald Araujo six point five. I think he was a little bit better than he has been lately. Made one very good recovery to catch up with Jorgen Strand Larsen in the first half, and then he went off at half time. So actually, he wasn't to blame. You said Kounde five. Bus letting in a goal. And yeah. Ronald six point five. Okay. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Kubasi six. Joao Cancelo. Four, and the reason I'm giving him a four is because I have to be fair. What, cause, uh, what I normally say with Cancelo is if he makes mistakes at the back, and we know he does, then he has to contribute goals and assists in attack. And in this game, he did do nothing in attack. He did absolutely nothing in attack. It was one of the worst performances For the he's moment, had at Barcelona. And um, perfect ratings. Good, glad to hear it. We'll see, we'll see how, it, how it continues. Christ, I think midfield across the board wasn't anything special. Christensen five, Frankie five, Pedri five. No, Frankie five, performance. no! Frankie five? Ten, says Sam. Frankie gave the ball away three times that I saw in the Frankie first half. Frankie five, no. Frankie saved, Frankie saved Barca late on in the game when it was 1-0 with the amount of times he was bailing people Frankie out. Frankie was playing quite well. Pressing this time, yes, hardly. Uh, with the ball, not losing balls, dividing, breaking likes. No, 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 no. Frankie, mi- Frankie minimum six for me. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I might be wrong, but I, I, when I, I was watching him quite closely in the first half because it was quite interesting. He was playing the deepest role of the three and he, a lot of responsibility fell on him with Barca having so much of the ball for him to create or him to be the guy left that sell to let him have the ball without pressure sometimes. And he didn't really provide any of those cutting passes. And not that there was amazing movement up front or anything for him to, to find, but uh, he took a couple of risks and, and they went wrong every time I saw him do it in the first half. Lamine Yamal, best player, like I mentioned earlier, eight and a half. Robert Lewandowski, seven and a half, mainly just for the goals. Uh, Vitor Roque, five. I didn't like him, his performance, really. It was his worst outing. First start and worst outing so far for Barca. Uh, off the bench, not too much to add. Diego Martinez, also in the photo for the goal. I give him four and a half. Gundogan, five. Didn't really add much. Rafinha, slightly better. One all right free kick, which, to be honest, you can't turn your nose up at when, you, when Barcelona have scored so few free kicks. So six for Rafinha, and I'm not going to give Fermin or, or Romeo a rating as they came on quite late. Good point, like you say, Vitadoke's first start probably says it all that we didn't mention him until we got to the to the ratings. Yeah. Wednesday, then Tony Barcelona go to Italy to face Napoli. What sort of eleven are we expecting? You've reported today, Monday, that Jao Felix could could make the the trip. That he's had good sensations in training. I guess he would be more. Perhaps someone to have on the bench to keep in mind if needed. I guess the one big question or issue would be whether Andreas Christensen continues as a as a midfielder. Um, I would say that for me it would be a big, 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 big surprise if we don't see Christensen as a pivot. For me, there is only one doubt, and I still think it's not a doubt because in my head is clear, and is is whether. Pau Kuarsi will remain as a starter or Xavi will will bet on, on Inigo. And for me, it's more or less clear that uh, he will bet on Inigo 
to avoid putting that pressure on the shoulders of uh, of Pau Kubarsi. So I'm 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 ninety percent, eighty five, ninety percent convinced that the lineup uh, will be Kunde Araujo, Inigo Martinez, Cancelo, Christensen, Gundogan, Frankie De Jong, Pedri as a fake left winger, Lamin on the right, and Lewandowski as number nine. And then on the bench you have Vitor Roque, João Felix, Rafinha. They're, they're options, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I could give you a little small chances uh, to Rafinha starter because he presses well and he plays with energy. And normally in Europe, he's a starter. But then it would mean it would mean that Christensen wouldn't play, in my opinion, or well, or, or would be center back, or wouldn't play, or would be center back, and it would mean, which I don't think is the best option. That the midfielder would be the midfield would be Gundogan, Frankie, and Pedri. For me to face a game of, of Europe too soft, too soft. So that's why I don't think Rafinha is going to be starter. Barcelona up against Napoli, perhaps one of the only teams in Europe going through a worse spell than them. They drew at the weekend and fell nine points behind the Champions League places. They're more than twenty points off the leaders, Inter, and it looks like on Monday, pending. Official confirmation they're going to sack manager Walter Mazzardi ahead of that Barcelona game and move on to their third coach of the season. We're going to take a look at Napoli in a preview pod, which will be out on Tuesday for four Patreons. Um, so head over there if you're interested in the lowdown on Napoli and a little bit of a preview for Barca's game this week in Italy. In the meantime, stay positive.